When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Cool. Ready? Yeah. My name's Alan Aldridge. Welcome to Porch Talk. Hey. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to Porch Talk. We are officially on a porch. Uh, you've already heard the voice of the next guest. I'm a little nervous about this because she uses a lot of slurs, so <laughs> we'll just have to see. Uh, we met through the Man Up podcast. Uh, she is a warrior in the chat, and uh, she made a funny joke about me, and she came to Porch Fest after I told her I was going to make her pay to come. I ended up not charging her, but there's the backstory. Here's Lauren. What's up? Hey. How's it going? How you like the story? Uh, You know, I mean, is that what we're called? Are we called warriors? I was just thinking about that the other day. I have no idea what they should we call need it. To, we need to have they didn't, they a didn't. name. Yeah. Little heroes, little something. String everybody, burn. Everybody Shout seems out. to be a uh, Mississippi Batman or Arkansas Batman, Mississippi Superman, Texas Armadillo, Armadillo Ranger. Yeah. We need to be something. That'd be nice. It's, we'll have to come up with something. We will, especially when the Patreon launches. That's what I'm ready for. I know, right? Like this has a Patreon, but the content is—it's a lot different. Very. Very different. And I don't think I'm the typical demographic, honestly. If I didn't know those guys and had met you and just kind of jived, I would not be a Man Up's typical yeah. listener. It is it is tailored more towards the uh, towards the dudes. Yeah. I think it's in the show, Man Up. But <laughs> a little bit. Just a touch. But uh, we had a very touch of message sent by someone who had listened. I don't know if they just listened to the short or... Uh, they saw the full episode, but it was the conversation Jake and I were having about like if you if you're thinking about starting a podcast or a business or anything new, yes. like don't mitigate the risk where you know you're kind of cowering in fear because you're you're thinking you're gonna be you're, you're gonna suck at it. Yes, because you are gonna suck at it. Like, but you're gonna get better. I mean, especially and then you might figure out that it's not for you. So just give it a go. Honestly, as much as I joke around, especially with Jake. uh that really like y'all's more touching messages are really the ones that keep me around and that episode specifically i know you and i have kind of briefly talked about like me wanting to start a podcast and that really did like i I messaged my girlfriend who i'm planning on doing it with and was like look we just need to like even if it's just audio we need to just start like because it's gonna suck but the sooner we start it, it gets out there I recorded like 10 or 15 episodes of this before I was satisfied with 
those conversations. Like I thought that that was, and you can hear it the first episode. Mm-hmm. I come out the it's called uh, "To Be or Not to Be," mm-hmm. and I come out the gate like just reading Shakespeare. "To Be or Not to Be." It's like if, and I called my buddy on the phone that night, and I was like, "Just let's talk, let's record it. There's mm-hmm. no pressure on you. You can't see the mic. You can't see the red button. Mm-hmm. Everything's on me. Let's just talk." And we ran it, and I I read that off, and we both giggled about it, and then it was, we had porch talk. And that was the first one that I was actually proud of enough to actually put out. Exactly, yeah. I think, just knowing myself, I have a bit of a self-deprecating humor, but I'm never satisfied with anything. That's one thing I enjoy about uh, my work, is it's not personal, and it's not based on uh, what anything that I would care about personally or emotionally. So like if you want me to design something and I think it's ugly, I don't care because that's your money, whatever. I I work in a field that would completely have nothing to do with my self-worth. But when I do my own art or anything that is directly attached just to me, I am hypercritical to the point where I almost will stop doing it just because I'm that critical. I think that's very, very natural. Uh, or at least I've, I got that same kind of personality because I do, uh, I write songs. Mm-hmm. You Typically it's poetry first until I can kind of bend and mend the words around to make a melody. Mm-hmm. And then I'll try to find some music. And I can't tell you how many of those wannabe songs are still just poems. Mine too. Because like I... I I'll get to playing with it, and I'll get frustrated, and the next thing you know is, like, I've just moved on to something else. Oh, exactly. Now, maybe two years down the road, I'll revisit it, and I'll know exactly what to do with it. Or maybe I can take two that didn't go anywhere and put them together and make one, you know. And even with art, I like to draw. I like to play around on my phone with photography. It's Mm -hmm. like, that is, like like you said, I put a lot of self-worth in that. I mean, it's it's an art. You're you're trying to express... Uh, the way that you're perceiving the the world. Yeah, I mean, like, that's just Alan. Like, no, you can't say, oh, well, like, if an episode of uh, Man Up sucks, well, that's four of y'all. Yeah. You know, that's an equal credit. If Porch Talk sucks, or if one of your drawings sucks, or one of your songs sucks, you know, that's Alan. Yeah, that's on so me. So, yeah. when I do something, I'll, I'll decide oh, I want to learn how to do this because I'm very ADD. And so I'll bounce from craft to craft. Like I have a hundred different things I can do well. And then they get just to the cusp of like, oh, you can make money on that. My friends joke that I hate money because as soon as I get to the point where I could make money on something, I'm like, well, I'm not interested anymore. Uh, (laughs) So, and like my notes app talking about poetry is full of like just snippets of poems, randoms, things that I think about. Like on the way home today, I had like a scenario come up in my head and it was listening to your podcast and listening to the episode where you were talking with a guy. Um, It's one of the ones you recommended. I can't remember, but y'all were talking about writing songs and how it developed. And I just put a few like lines to a poem in my phone and I'll wake up in the middle of the night and do that, but it never goes past that and Mm -hmm. I never show it and no one even really knows I do that Um, it's just one of those things you kind of just got to get it out of you I've I've gotten that way and I've got a few projects I want to do one of the guests I recently had on Mike Rainey he's a comedian out of Philadelphia Mm -hmm. Pennsylvania and he was addicted to Percocets for years 
he had a some kind of some kind of injury got prescribed and next thing you know mm-hmm. he had an addiction that's typically how it works for people <laughs> believe me it, that <laughs> but like, it's close to home not for me yeah. but familiarly yeah and i mean and sometimes i mean and you never really had a chance and the drugs they give you to get off of it is sometimes even worse oh yeah so it's the whole thing's kind of screwed you kind of trade one addiction for another yeah that's all it is right it's you know quitting smoking a legit cigarette for a vape pen it's like well, we don't know everything about those things oh, yeah. yet, you know. That's yeah. the, are you sure that's a good idea? Yeah. So, I mean, but he he made a a book that really changed the world, and I highly recommend the audio book because he had his comedian friends, and what he did is he screenshotted like six hundred of his Facebook posts mm-hmm. while he was on Percocets, and it was just oh, God. yes, exactly. <laughs> and it and I got a copy of the book, and I'm going through it, I'm reading these posts, and then you. He's going back in his mind, and then he's to the best of his ability. He's trying to tell you what he was thinking, what he was thinking, what he meant. Because sometimes you're just like, that shouldn't be. You should have deleted that, dude. You should have made it private. You should have took it down. Oh yeah, like the memories function on Facebook. I'm like, seriously, yeah. don't need. I got uh-huh. Facebook when I was 17 years old. I was a freshman in high school. I was like among the first group of people to get yeah. it. I'm 35. I don't. I'm. You're how old? 32. Okay, so I got it a few years probably before y'all did when you had to have a college, like university that was email. The, yeah, that was the point. Back of it. in the yeah. day. Yeah. And so uh, Memories decides to like pop up and let me know whatever mind bending thing that I was deciding to post. Good God. Oh, I've screenshotted some of them because I, I wanted to do something similar, like not an own perch kind of book. But yeah. Like I have written some post while I was inebriated and like I look back on them now and it's like the point of that book was if you've ever been embarrassed about anything you posted on the internet this book is for you because I'm, I'm taking the I'm taking the hill on oh this yeah one. taking the cake yeah welcome you're yeah. in good company and so like I've I've been wanting to work and that's what I'm gonna do all summer is I'm just gonna when I ha- whenever I have like a ridiculous idea that I think is funny I'm gonna post it just do it and just leave it up there and like people who are in on the joke can be like oh okay he's working it yeah and then like maybe you get a comment like dude what the what are you talking about yeah (laughs) i think most people wonder what i'm talking about 90 percent of the time because uh if it it, if it comes into the head it's coming out of the mouth almost before it got there Mm. and uh i get to think about that at like two o'clock in the morning for like the rest of my life but that's just the way i've always been and i don't think it's going to change and it create some fun awkward traumatic <laughs> moments sometimes but you know i think all humors develop through trauma in a bit has to be yeah some what's of my, the point otherwise some, and some of my favorite comics uh like dave landau like very dark humor that's oh, my yeah. that's my favorite humor like uh like it was a it was a pretty good little uh real or short from man up to where i was sharing the story about my cousin who had a psychotic yes. girlfriend or yes. boyfriend and he set the car on fire with her in it and he's like she couldn't even get out of that I, was, that was hilarious that honestly. was that's dark humor and i love that i mean because that's the kind of stuff i think is funny like that's my family but dude good shot that's a ringer i mean you were on he was on time <laughs> yeah and it was immediate so uh i, I don't mind that stuff and like it's kind of interesting like I, I love the I love re- going through the comment section and reading like some of the things that people are saying about that. Like the Mike Hard Lemonade thing is a bit, and 
Oh, people get so pressed about it. Yeah, and so that's why we keep doing it. Oh, I know. I <laughs> mean, if y'all were just sitting there... Ooh, that is a guinea. Just drinking now whiskey. You're trying to... I know, I shouldn't have touched it. If y'all were just sitting there drinking whiskey, I mean, yeah, would it be more on brand? But would it be funny? No. Y'all would just like look she, like a bunch uh, of douchebags. She bags. decided to uh, slap a guinea wasp, which is an animal that was born pissed. Yes, an angel got bored one day and decided, hey, let's make something that wants to kill you but doesn't exactly have the power, and you can just both be pissed off. Yeah, well well spoken. I mean, yellow jackets are like that. Yeah. And you'll see them sometimes, they'll make a nest in a tree, and you kind of got to warn them, but what about those jokers that bury up in the ground? Next thing you know, you're cutting the grass, and they're just on Bam. you. Bam. Done. Dude, that ain't fair. No. But to be <laughs> fair, you just wrecked their house. They need to put a yard sign up. They do need to put a yard sign up. But ants put up a yard sign. They do. And we say, don't care. Get yeah. out. Let's leave. We poison the whole colony. So I guess it's just a chance you got to take if you're... That's one thing I like about Joe McGowan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you went out to the, the compound. I did. Uh, it's beautiful. Julia caught up with her. Yes. Love Julia. Went to school with Julia. That was, that was, some, uh, that was some internet magic. Like, we met because of the man up and then you came to porch fest and we had just become friends on social media and you saw that she was there and boom yeah and i didn't even expect you to be there so it was kismet good times you got to see my feral dog of a child running around yeah making snow angels in the sand and i love it when people like i'll share about joe's place and it's open invitation but rarely people take me up on it but when they do they were like i'm glad i came out here oh it's awesome that lake is like Insane! It feels like you're in the Bahamas. Yeah. Uh, he said it was because of the chalk bottom, mm-hmm. whatever that means. But, like, it's so blue. You can see all the fish. Like, it's wild. Just And just wait. Like, as the summer comes on in and, like, that sun really starts beaming oh, yeah. in and it clears up that algae and that mm-hmm. chalk bottom, it looks like Destin. I told him it looked like, uh, have you seen those natural pools that are, like, all over the internet now that, like, crunchy people have? Okay, so I grew up in Kennedy. Uh-huh. And uh, now this guy grew, uh, his house was on a dirt road, and his driveway had a gate at the end. Mm-hmm. But I got to know the guy because I used to ride four-wheelers up through the dirt road. And one day, he stopped me, and we got to talking, who's your daddy kind of thing. <laughs> Ask your mom and them. Yeah, exactly. And um, he was like, I got something I'd like to uh, show you one day. Oh, okay. <laughs> Which could be anything. Could be anything. <laughs> like you, ready? you could end up yeah. living in his basement for the rest of your <laughs> yeah. life. Puts the lotion on the skin yeah. kind Gets of thing. Gets the hose again. Uh, yeah. Or every uh, podcaster's nightmare. Have you ever seen the movie Tusk? No. So it's got uh, Ryan Long, the guy from Accepted, uh, or the first Jeepers Creepers. Yes. That guy? Yes, he's a new girl. Justin Long. Yes, Justin Long. Justin Long. He's a new girl. Oh, yeah. Which is my favorite show. I I like that show. Yes. I didn't watch it enough for him to be in it, I guess. Uh, He was one of Jess's boyfriends. Oh, nice. Yeah. But, uh, so his character in that, he's a podcaster, and he's gone up to Canada, but his whole podcast is, like, dunking on people who took, like, huge L's, like, with like a TikTok video yeah. each day, like to where, ooh, that because that's online, your life is kind of probably ruined, kind of thing. Yeah. And so he was going up there to meet that guy, mm-hmm. and so he would do a warm up episode with him and his with him and his buddy to kind of 
let let the audience know, get a get a little hype up. Mm-hmm. And then he would go meet the person. Well, because of that video that he made to hype it up, the guy killed himself. Shut. So now he finds that out when he goes to that guy's house. He finds that out. Feels like crap, of course. He goes to a local bar up there in Canada. It's like Ontario or something. And he goes to the bathroom and he sees, like, you know, the little pull-off. If you're interested, call this number. Yes. And it's like this extraordinary guy who served in, like, the Navy and had all these elaborate stories. That, and all he wanted to do was share them. And it's like, what better place than a podcast, right? Calls the guy. Turns out the guy is an absolute freak of nature. And he was obsessed with a walrus. And that's why the movie's called Tusk. And I'm... If you go watch it if you haven't seen it, but um, we did a watch alone. That's the kind of thing we do on the Patreon. We'll watch movies and yeah. like, commentate. Yeah. And uh, that was one of the first ones that we did because that was when I had just first started watching uh, or start, first started doing podcasts. And mm-hmm. I'm a traveler podcast. Like, I rarely do in the same place one, twice unless you're a regular. Yeah. And. Uh, Man, we did a watch along on that, and my buddy put that on, and after we got through, he said, I put that on to freak you out. And I was like, well, it hit very close to home, dude. Jeez. I mean, imagine the culpability of something like that, though. I know that that has come up lately in cases to do with suicide. There's that girl who encouraged her boyfriend to kill himself, and um, there's a podcast actually called Culpable, um, the first season was about a guy, um, Christian Andriacchio, in Meridian, Mississippi, and there was like a lot of like, did he kill himself or was he killed? But either way, if he did kill himself, are these two people that were with him culpable? Did they encourage it? And it kind of like it opens up this new world of like, are you responsible? in those events for at least some portion of it. There's a Netflix documentary called don't F with cats. And they kind of speak to the culpability of, did we encourage this guy by giving him the attention he wanted on social media to end up finally killing someone? Because that's almost like you platformed it. Yeah. Like they, they, they went back and they looked at themselves and they're like, what is our culpability in this situation? Would this guy be dead? Would he have killed sooner? Would he have killed later? And you start to wonder, you're like, dang, you know, did I push them to the edge or was the edge already there? You know, one thing that uh, has been great about social media with some causes like that, Mm -hmm. and it's led, like, and if I see it, dude, I'll reach out to them immediately. I'll write them a messenger. I don't care for, like, you know, sometimes somebody will add you and you know you don't know them personally. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'll add them back. You know, I don't know, maybe they were a fan of the show or something or they want to see my stupid content. I don't, right. I don't know. And uh, every now and then, like, someone will, like, put a suicide letter out or, you know, they, you know they'll put something real sketchy and you can tell mm-hmm. they're really at the bottom and they're looking for attention. I'll just write them and be like, dude, I don't really know you. I don't know what's going on, but, dude, that ain't the answer. Yeah, this doesn't look good. And and I was like, you need somebody to talk to, I'll give you my phone number. That's really like, nice. Don't go through with this, dude. Mm-hmm. But I was like, you you never know. Like, tomorrow might be that day. Yeah. You know, you might meet, the, you might meet your person. You, you don't know what's going to happen. You might know? hit a scratch off. Might hit a, yeah, you might be the next lottery winner. Never know. Yeah, whatever. Well, that's kind of you because so many people see those posts and are just like, not my problem. 
Not my circus, not my monkeys. Don't mess with it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and sometimes, I mean, it was people that I went to high school with. That's wild. I haven't seen one like that yet, but I've seen where people have, like, live-streamed their suicide or live-streamed killing somebody, and it's like... It was a viral video uh, here in town that... And she announced it right when she was... They're about to be a murder. Yeah. I was like... Thank God I didn't see that one. I didn't see... I never saw the footage of that one. Wes somehow screen recorded it. Or, like, he had it in his messages to where... Before Facebook right. had taken it down. Right. And we were able to, like, see it. So. Yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, many such cases of people doing that. That's wild. I mean, I think that's the downside of it but then you talk about the upside of social media and crimes and solving cold cases all these podcasts that have like solved cold cases or like and that sometimes it's just a call in or a tip because like some of i I listen to one it's mike rainey's podcast he's got two i think but Mm -hmm. uh he has dad meat but little stinkers is a true crime podcast Mm -hmm. but he's going through like not really going into like the case itself or much of their life he goes through and like finds like stinker behavior while they were growing up or Mm -hmm. maybe what caused them to be the way they are yeah and then he's got two comedian friends and they kind of just they make it humorous it's very very dark yeah but not to a point to where like dang y'all shouldn't have said that you know yeah but uh and they go into some of that stuff because they've actually like some of the suspicions that they've come up with just making jokes Mm -hmm. turns out it was it was Spot what it was. On. Yeah. Or, like, I listen to a lot of them. I'm a woman in my 30s, which is, like, crack to us. And so uh, I listen to a lot. I've watched a lot of documentaries. And it's like sometimes the person will go and they'll tell the cops, you know, this is the person you should look at or this is the scenario. I saw this. I saw that. Well, you've got Barney Fife over here who's never worked a murder and they don't take it seriously or it's you know this is handed off to him who's handed off to him suddenly your lead gets buried and you're like well i've told the cops that i'm not going to hound them down because then i look crazy and so it when it gets brought back up and a new fresh set of eyes goes through it because you were the detective 25 years ago i'm the detective now it just i mean it just reopens everything and that's one thing i think social media and podcasting in these communities have really opened the door in a positive way to that because it's giving so many families closure yeah i've and i've heard it go in like the inverse way like the way that we got into this i'm glad we got in this topic is look at even like uh corporate media or maybe even social media like with defamation mm-hmm. like uh you know some people come to mind i mean what i'm not getting into politics here but think about uh the uh nicholas sandman or the kyle rittenhouse it's like they'll never be able to go to school or college they'll probably never ha- be able to work a normal job i mean oh, yeah their life is ruined no matter where they go like half the country hates them oh yeah because today all it takes is an ac- accusation it doesn't matter if you killed somebody or if you, even if you did not rape or did not murder somebody, yeah. if you were accused of it or someone said you did it, All right, did you see the it. viral video of the chick? Uh, she was like eight months pregnant and she was getting one of the bites from New York City and there was like five teenage black kids like took it from her and it's like a... The video itself that's dropped, you, you don't really know all the context. You, mm-hmm. you didn't really know who it belonged with. I think now she's produced the receipt proving that they were making that video for clickbait. Mm-hmm. 
and so she's suspended from her job. She was a nurse at a hospital because mm-hmm. of everything went viral on social media and then mm-hmm. on all the regular media, well, made the hospital look bad, so she's suspended. Uh, she's been docked, so she had to leave town. Yes. And and now she's raised money, I think, well, maybe it was GoFundMe or one of those, and she's suing all of those people because it turns out, like, she was in the right. Oh, yeah. And now you... She can't live in the yeah, city. Yeah, but now she's infamous. Yeah. And it, yeah, like, uh, some of those cases, like, these fandoms of whoever it may be will hunt you down in your real-life job or your real-life family blow your spot up. Yep. Because I said, say you were huge, and I said, I don't like Alan. Screw Alan. You know, and made some kind of crass comment, and one of your fans went nuts exposes me for some stuff that I you know just blown out wild it's crazy ruin your life it's crazy like fandom like that oh yeah like how serious they'll take that oh yeah they'll, they'll go through like their favorite podcast their favorite celebrity and if you dog or trash them oh they're gonna A come in underneath you tell you how dumb you are then defend the person they probably don't even personally know right or even threaten violence and then yeah over yeah. a stranger yeah for just having a different opinion. Yeah. Yeah. And, it's cr- and then sometimes it goes real world like that. Oh, by the way, his address is da 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 And here's a picture of the house. Here's his kid, where his kids go to school. And I, and I also found where he works. Let's let's see if we can email him enough to get him fired. Absolutely. Uh, you know? And I've listened to several podcasts where that's actually happened. That is, that's, that's the dark places of the, the internet, no doubt. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean. But I think. You know, I, I grew up in a small town. Did you grow up in Columbus? No. I actually grew up in Brandon, which is right outside of Jackson. And so when I listened to y'all, y'all all grew up kind of uh, more country than I did. Mm-hmm. I grew up really suburban um, neighborhoods, uh, except when I lived with my grandparents for a while. It, I kind of got the best of both worlds. They lived in the country, but I lived in the suburbs. So it wasn't like dirt roads and working the farm and all that but uh it was not like big city life either yeah i had a uh, one summer my dad was dating this woman in uh cottonwood right outside of tuscaloosa mm-hmm. and i spent that whole summer basically at her place and i loved it dude I was like, I, that's that's when I knew I I loved Tuscaloosa mm-hmm. and like the convenience of it. I was like, man, when I get older, I'm gonna be, I don't mind not be in the city, but I'm gonna be right outside of it, city you know. Adjacent, because yeah. you know, when I grew up, if you wanted to go to the movies, if you wanted to do anything, it was thirty forty five minute drive. See, that's out in East Jesus nowhere. Like I, I I want my neighbors to know if I'm getting murdered. I want them to know. Like, anything that's going on, I need somebody to hear it, to see it. I want DoorDash. Yeah. I mean, yeah, do I play gunshots or fireworks over here at the house? Sure do. (laughs) But can I get something delivered in my house in 15 minutes? Also, yes. Yeah. So, I just, I wish we lived in more of, like, a neighborhood neighborhood. Oh, okay. Car. Welcome to the neighborhood. There's some sounds from it. (laughs) 
I wish we lived in more of a neighborhood neighborhood because I grew up walking to literally everyone I know's house. We had a community pool. Like, we just, I mean, if you weren't out from sun up to sundown, like, you were a loser. I mean, you were yeah. sitting in your house doing nothing. Uh, where I grew up, it was uh, Aldridge Hill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, man, it was pretty much for the most part, it was, you were an Aldridge or you were Aldridge adjacent. Look, look compound. Yeah. And, like, dude, walking to my cousin's houses or maybe, like, we all rode the school bus. Mm-hmm. I'm getting off at your house today, dude, and we're, we're about to play some Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, yeah. We're about to play Backstreet football or, you know, whatever, backyard football, whatever. And, uh, yeah, that those were... Those were dog days, man. And it's not like a dog day to where, yeah, I'd go back and do it again. No, we had all the fun we needed, but I do look back on those oh, days. Yeah. Like, fondly, yeah. yeah. Not the best days of my life, but they some good ones. Yeah, it was an easier, a lot easier time. I feel like now I can't even let Rivers play in the front yard by herself. Like, I, I, it just wouldn't happen. And I walked miles in that neighborhood. Yeah, I mean, it's just a difference, right? And I, I don't know. Do you think... We're, the world and maybe just humanity is just a little more evil today or do you think it's because of social media and like you just you you hear and know about it more you know that's a good question i think that yes and no i think there are more avenues now to explore evil I think that you can grow whatever sick fantasy or fetish that you want so much easier, whereas maybe in times gone by, you had to kind of keep that closer to the vest, and now there's whole communities for whatever sick, twisted thing you're into, and there's ways to, like, if you're into kids, there's ways to locate kids. I mean, there's all, there's just, it's so much easier to access yeah. But at the same time, with the advances in technology, you also can't just be a random serial killer either because there's cameras everywhere. The techno- I mean, so I, there, I think there's trade-offs. I think people were sick. I think it was just harder to be sick on a broader scale, such as like sex trafficking or child pornography or to Rose. the level it's gotten. And we're a little softer on crime, I think, today than we were in days gone by. I mean, you think about, and some of these people are even celebrities, so you know it's not going to be, you know, like the sentence they deserve or, you know, for the crime they commit. But even in some places, like, people commit heinous things. Like, maybe, I I, I read a story, this happened out on the West Coast. A dude had hit a teenager at a bar. No, not at a bar, but with his car. Like, after they had an argument at an event, Mm -hmm. and it killed the kid. And at first, he was convicted of murder, and now they brought his sentence down to manslaughter. He's going to be out in three years. And it's like, that was not manslaughter. Like, he knew the kid, and there was was pre-thought. But (laughs) then the black kid that's walking down the street with an eighth in his pocket... Let's send him to jail for 15 years. Yeah, that years. too. Yeah, and so, ruin your life yeah. over something silly. Rape, child porn, sexual assault, um, domestic violence. Let's let those people out, you know. They yeah. Slap on the wrist. Let's go. Dime back. Oh, let's put them under the jail. Yeah. No, if we would be harsher with all the people who need it, that People would be have some type of fear, but they know. Oh, I can I can keep doing what I'm doing because there's 
there's no punishment for it, really. And I, I think you hit the nail on the head. Like, if you have some kind of weird fetish or something just all odd about you, you know, you used to feel isolated to where you wouldn't act on those, mm-hmm. and now we have these communities because they, 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 they were able to find each other and now they talk about each other and build each other up and And i think it desensitizes them too they mm -hmm. think oh well there's nothing wrong with this because so-and-so is just like me uh cheeto lover 425 is just like me yeah gold lover uh you know goldfish 420 is he was down with it yeah so i mean there must not be something wrong with me yeah and and they're encouraging me to act on this and they're sending me this Mm -hmm. so it's everybody else that needs to get on board with it. Yeah, that's. I, I think that's uh, a lot of it. Probably is rooted in morals. Of, uh, I often think about that too. Uh, I think religion is important, but I'm I'm perfectly okay with people having the freedom of religion to practice whatever it is they believe. But if you are religious, like usually you're fairly, your moral. Your moral compass is there. Yeah. And I think it, it's it's it the kinda, lack of it, believing in anything, though. That's And that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. some people, you know, I'm not saying agnosticism or atheism is, it makes you an immoral person. But, like, some some people don't believe in anything. So, anything goes. Right. Because if nothing is bad and nothing is good and it's all your choice, then what is the point and not acting on every impulse that you have because if everything is just subjective then well if I'm mad at Alan I'll just kill Alan because nothing's bad and nothing's good and it's all just this one life and who cares Uh, that's something else I want to open up I'm glad you said that subjectivity versus objectivity Uh, like someone we were talking about relationships the other day and she made the comment and I was just playing devil's advocate and it was a good joke. She said that, uh, you know, nothing is 50, 50. And I was like, a coin toss is what a coin toss. True. (laughs) Maybe, maybe that's, that's the only objective thing that is 50, 50. And I was agreeing with her point. Like we were talking about maybe someone is, you know, your significant other is checked out for months and like, you're trying to call them back, but they ain't hearing it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, she was like, so it's kind of like you're picking up, like maybe it went 50-50. And she's like, no, it's 100-100. It just went from 100 to 140. So it's like 160-40 now. And it's like I'm overtiming. And I was like, well, maybe. I don't know. It was an interesting thing to talk about. But uh, think about our architecture, mm-hmm. even art, or the way that we portray beauty uh, in this culture now. Do you Do you believe that... We have taken everything to the subjective because I think beauty is objective at times. You know, you just say beauty is in the eye of the beholder. I do believe that to an extent. Exactly. But some things are objectively beautiful. Some things are always going to be classically beautiful. I mean, I think people born with certain uh, genetic traits, uh, symmetry, um desirable traits i think some of that is hardwired into us to be attractive and yes sally sue over here might not find this objectively attractive man attractive because she might just 
really love short, round Asian dudes. And that's her jam. Sure. But the majority of people are going to find Chris Hemsworth attractive. They just are. Mm-hmm. Men, women, whoever. That's, the majority of people are going to find Kate Beckinsale attractive. I'm an Alabamian, so shout out uh, Shannon Tatum. Absolutely. It's a, it's a good example of that. Exactly. There are objectively attractive people who you can't deny that. You can't deny it, yeah. I mean, they would not... I mean, some of their acting is garbage. So they wouldn't be actors or famous if there wasn't something... They had that it factor. They had that sparkle. Yes. God bless their genetic lottery. You know, Chris Farley. Not an attractive person, but good on the camera. Worked what he had. Yeah, and he knew how to work it. Yes, exactly. Uh, half of uh, the Zach, SNL cast. Zach Galifianakis. Not a looker. Man is funny. Yep. You know, these people saw something in themselves, and they said, look, this is where I want to be. This is what I'm going to do. I know that I'm not God's gift to women. That's fine. But I'm funny as hell. Mm-hmm. And you gotta they walk took in it. it. Yeah, you got to... <laughs> You know, they didn't try and stay out, get out of their lane and do Calvin Klein ads or, you know, pose in their underwear. Well, Chris Farley probably would have, but... Oh, he did the Chippendale with... Oh, uh, yes, yes, he did. And it's still epic. Yes. Uh, guy from Roadhouse. I can't... Uh, why can I not think Patrick of Patrick Swayze. That, yeah, Yes. Yes. Now, that is a genetically well-bred specimen. Yeah. There was... No one can look at him and just say, nah. Now think about this, like even with architecture and art. Yeah. Uh, cool column. It does its job. Yeah. But think about like some of the columns in days gone by. Maybe it was metalworked and it had little intricacies to it that made it beautiful. Or even think about our park benches now. But that maybe goes back to morality. Is like, well, we can't really put out an elegant park bench because people steal them. Oh, yeah. But it speaks back to craftsmanship, too. I mean, now no one wants to be in a trade. It's it's beneath them to be in a trade, I think, because our grandparents grew up with trade skills and craftsmen and learning how to do things, and they wanted less labor for their children, so they pushed our parents, go to college, go to college, go to college, and... It worked for them. They needed to do that. But what do we do? We start losing our craftsmen, losing our tradesmen, losing people who know how to be masons or carpenters. And so then our parents push it on us. And what do we do? We overflowed the market with all these degrees, but we don't have skilled tradesmen. Mm -hmm. So when I lived in Italy for a semester in college, everything was beautiful. Uh, yeah, everything it, from it, the window panes. I mean, they took so most, much. Most of most of Western Europe, or even yeah. even Eastern Europe. I mean, one thing maybe they have on us is like it's just older. It is, but but it, at, and at that same time, like, and I'll let you let you run it, but uh, like they held beauty to such a high standard that it would have been an absolute disgrace just to make something kind of just plain Jane. Agreed. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's like. No, we're going to do it. We're going to make this beautiful. Yeah. And even in the arts, and I'm not judging or calling any visual artist out, but the number one thing that I see with a visual artist, and my critique is you're not a good artist, you ain't putting in enough uh, work, 
if they can't draw good hands. Now, if they're doing like cartoon characters and like yeah. being goofy, that's mm-hmm. different. But if you're like doing like a Michelangelo to where, you know, uh, Adam and God are like reaching right. out to touch, and you like go, a hyper realism. Yeah, yeah. Like, give me, yeah, that muscle is the only muscle in the forearm that flexes when you bend your pinky. Like, give me the attention to detail. Right. Show me that you have paid attention to the human anatomy. Right. And I think that was an important class in college. It sucked, but it was an important class. But you do, you go and you look at these, I mean, just master classic artists and these, uh, some of the works they did, the David. And, and it's just, it's amazing the level of detail they could get to. And then we have artists here who will post a urinal and that i mean i'm not even i don't even have the time to get into what i think about that but i think there are different i guess what is my kid running okay uh i think there are different levels depending on some art i think is garbage and some art i think is just a different just as beautiful take on something as something that is as hyper realistic as the david or the sistine chapel it it pales in comparison. It has to evoke emotion, mm-hmm. I guess, is the most important thing to me, especially... Do you like going to art museums? I guess I you do. I do. I love going to I any kind of museum. But I went to one, and I won't call it out, because, I mean, I'm sure everything has probably changed by now. But I had a little free time. I was kicking in the city, and they happened to have a museum, so I went in there to see it. And, you know, one, like, I've always dressed like a punk rocker. Mm-hmm. And so I wasn't dressed correctly because it was art, it was artsy farsy, and so like people were kind of aghast by that, you know. It's like, what is he doing here, right? And Which I was I, I was walking through and just checking everything out, and you know these people were making comments about the art, and I could tell that they were just being like hipster and superficial, right? Like it's it's going back to like what you were saying about you know Hemsworth. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. It was like, well, I mean, his nose is just a little off. It was like, like, get bullcrap, dude. Yeah, you're picking apart something that won the genetic lottery. Yeah. I mean... But they were doing the inverse. They mm -hmm. were were glorifying something that was ugly. Mediocre at best, probably. But because the hype surrounding that artist or it's cool to 
to be in there and feel intellectual when art is really supposed to be for everybody in, in really all of its forms. So to judge you because you're wearing jeans and a black shirt, who cares? Shut up. Yeah. Like, art literally is for everyone. So those are just that super stuffy, bougie crowd that... Honestly, they're probably quoting something they read or heard someone else say. I, I take it two ways uh, to offend those is, uh, one, you're, you're a poser. Oh, yeah. Two, you're superficial. Yeah. And you don't have taste. Well, taste sometimes is subjective unless you're bandwagging, which is what it sounded like they were doing. They had just decided that that artist was just next level. I think some artists get hype, kind of like y'all were talking about with, like, Conor McGregor, like, in one of your episodes. Like, does he know how to promote himself? Heck yeah, he does. Some people can promote themselves into a position where their pieces are way more elevated than they're actually worth because they created a hype around them. Like, and they even take this, uh, I'm not hating at all, and you probably know. How did uh, Taylor Swift get found? God, did you, uh, and I'm a huge Taylor Swift fan. Um, it had something to do with her father, and he made a real big investment. Oh, she's a Nepo baby, for sure. Her dad was rich as hell. Billboards. Billboards. He, he invested like a million dollars in billboards and marketing, mm-hmm. and that's how she was discovered. Well, good for her. I mean, and, but still. and look at it now. Oh, it's, yeah. it's paid back. Oh, yeah. It's paid back in spades. But I will give her this. Regardless if you're a fan or not, the girl puts in work. Like It's a good art. The uh, amount that she gives to her fans. Like, the show that she put on the other night when we saw her, pouring rain. Still giving it 150%. Like communicates with all, like the whole atmosphere from beginning to end and I really wasn't even a fan until the pandemic and she released Folklore and Evermore which were like my moody depressive like make me feel something type of music yeah. which got me kind of into her backlog but that's really what drew me in 1989 is that your jam? I was the girl I was dating at the time. It was when that album dropped, mm-hmm. and every time I was in the car with her, I mean, she was rocking it. Oh yeah. And after a while, it kind of grew on me. You got to. And next thing I know, Ryan Adams mm-hmm. covered the entire album. Yes. But I, I do, I do prefer his, and I, I loved his comment. Like I think he contacted her and told her he's like, we're about halfway through this thing because he was. I think he was he he went into it wanting to be a dick, which I think is funny. Mm-hmm. He was it was stinker behavior. Mm-hmm. Contacted her halfway through, and he's like, because he was trying to prove that she wasn't a good songwriter. She is. And he was like, we're halfway through, you know, it's getting a little shaky, but the wheels are still on there. Yeah, the wagon didn't fall apart. No. And so he kind of he did he put a little respect on it. You know? Yeah, she's got some lyrics that just. God, just ripped me apart. Uh, I mean, she has one talking about tol- it's called Tolerate It. And she loves this guy so much that she puts up with him cheating on her. She puts up with this, that, and third. And she does everything. She makes the house a home. Like, she does all these things, and he just tolerates her. 
And, like, what would he do if she just basically gave up and left? And she just put so much raw emotion into what she's saying that sometimes it really does strike a nerve with me because I can get... Music is one of those things that can pull me into a situation or a relationship, a time with a certain person that just is a very visceral experience. And those two albums especially gave me some very visceral moments that would just instantly take me somewhere fan or not i mean that's why i put a lot of i I will put some respect on her because i mean she can take people to those places and it gives it gives people an avenue yes Uh, and that's that's the point of the art that's Mm -hmm. that's good form you can't deny that uh not gonna lie and you know people in nashville or maybe wherever you called her uh, it's almost like when you have a Grateful Dead or Fish coming to town, it's like, oh, all these hippies are coming. You know, Look out, the Swifties are coming. Oh, God. And there were <laughs> 70,000 of us yeah. each night. I mean, it's, a, it's, so. a, it's arena, you know. Oh, yeah. They said it was the highest attended event in arena history. And I'm not trying to be dramatic when I say that COVID was not a good time for me mentally. I am somebody that thrives on people. You're trying to say you might be a little extroverted or something? (laughs) I am, but then I'll have to, like, retreat. Um, It was not a good time for me. I had some freakouts. I, like, cut my hair off. I dyed it purple. I got my nose pierced. Like, just things were just bubbling very near the surface. And those... You're having a quarter-life crisis? Oh, God. Just the, the whole crisis. The whole life crisis happened during that time. Um, gained weight, lost weight. I mean, just the whole nine. I put on the COVID-15. I put on probably the COVID-20 and then lost 40. But it was awful. And those, I gotta know that secret. <laughs> high, high, high functioning anxiety. Uh, diagnosis of ADHD. A lot of mental health problems will get you there. Uh, but those two albums, I'm not gonna lie, really got me through some dark times and that's crazy because she's not even my genre pop is not even my thing but those two albums were just oh they were they were on point uh, for me i saw a video today and it touched me it was a guy he went i don't know where it was recently went to one of the uh it's a three-hour show too by the way right Mm -hmm. and just her is three gracie abrams and phoebe Phoebe Bridgers, bridgers who is amazing they were at least an hour. So, I mean, we got there at four thirty and didn't leave until probably like and she goes midnight. through. She goes through each of the albums. She goes through all of the lovers' house, which is what they call it. It's a whole house with each room being one of her albums. And I mean, j- just the whole sets are crazy. He ate a hot dog for each one. Oh God! Seven hot dogs. That's disgusting. I loved it, dude. That's a lot of just like an aggressive amount of hot dogs. So, like, just in general. I was I was with him like an eating competition amount of hot dogs like little Asian women he, he, slamming hot dogs. He looked like he was living his best life, Lauren. Come I on. had a funnel cake, and I'm not gonna lie, it was hands down the best funnel cake I've ever had. I may could have done seven funnel cakes, but seven hot dogs. That's like seven cans of spam. Nobody wants that. <laughs> Nobody wants that. Like. I would have been laying on the ground at the end of the concert, like letting people <laughs> trample me because I'm like, sorry, I had all the hot dogs, all the hot dogs. Yeah, I feel like, you know, you had, what, maybe a, seven hot dogs over three hours, roughly had a 30-minute break between each one, <sighs> and just, dude, he was living his best life. He looked singing so happy, singing along, 
between each bite. Everyone I knew there was having their best life. Everyone I saw was living their best life. I saw dudes that I went to high school with that, like, brought their ladies. Oh, I mean, yeah. I, everyone I saw was living their best life. Moms, nice. dads, kids, everyone. Yeah, I'm for it, dude. And I'm just glad, like, we're getting back to a place to where that can happen. Oh, yeah. I God. Something I think is funny, like, and I may, I may do this the next time I go to a band that I've seen multiple times. Mm-hmm. But I may be perceived as being a bit of a dick. But uh, <laughs> instead of, like, being kind of close to the stage and instead mm-hmm. of, like, looking at the band, mm-hmm. just looking back at the crowd. That would be hilarious. But no, I mean, just, just for that, like, I've experienced this so many times, and, like, I wonder how many fresh experiences or whatever else mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to see and just, like, but then there's going to be, dude. Just one it's, guy. It's that way. Yes. Hey, what are you doing? Like, I'm blind. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Have a. Like, a, yeah, Stevie Wonder, yeah. It, which, by the way, the whole controversy of, like, whether or not he's blind he's is not. actually hilarious. I don't think he is. I've started to not think he is, which I... It's like Flat Earth. I, I'm, I'm oh changing God. my mind. I'm just kidding. <laughs> We're not going there. God, I was about to say, here we go. Here we go. No, I told my oldest daughter, um, who also went to the concert with us, I said, you know, I wish that we could go back the second night, and I wouldn't have my phone. I and wouldn't have like, anything. But it's like comedians it like... in it. It's like, uh... Uh... Like, Chris... No, not Chris Rock. Uh... Who's the short guy that... Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart. Like, he joked about it. He He's done stand-up about it. And, like, I think even Chappelle made a joke. He's like, I threw something at Stevie Wonder, and he caught it. Somebody was in an elevator recently with him, and I saw that. And they made some type of, like, gesture or something very physical that you would have had to been able to, to see. see. yeah. And he looked right at him. But then you wonder, does he have, like, spidey senses? Like, has he been blind so long that he just, like... He's kind of like a bat. He's he got, like, like, super heightened he's got hearing. Echo. Yeah, I mean, but you think he... you There is some legitimacy to that, because think about if he's that musically inclined, and you can hear... He has to be able to hear Dude, certain things he's in certain ways. Sonar. Yeah. He's like a beluga whale. Like, he can just hear everything that's happening around him and map it out in his brain. What are your thoughts on the ocean? It's terrifying. It's Earth space. It's I totally literally agree. the most terrifying place. I don't know on why Earth. people willingly get in. If it's and this is disgusting, so disclaimer: if it is not up to my knees to squat and pee, I'm not doing it. I have been attacked by jellyfish. I have been attacked by just, just random things. If I can't see it, I don't want to. I don't and. It, I'm sorry. At this point, I have come to the conclusion. It's not a shark attack. Because no, I'm in their in, living room. You're in his home. Yes. If it comes into my living room and takes a bite out of me, that's a shark attack. That's, yeah. I entered your home illegally. No, but we would call it a Lauren attack. Yeah, at, if at anything. The, the way that we work. I broke into your home. Yeah. So the shark has every right to come and be like, what's this? Let me get a taste. And then bounce. Because yeah. they don't like the taste of us. They're just curious. They don't have hands. They can't slap us and be like, get out. Got to get a little nibble. No, it's terrifying. It's honestly we, uh, terrifying. I've been to the beach a lot, you know. And, and I do we love all, the beach. We all have the uh, senior trip. We have the spring breaks. 
I've, you, you, you have all that. And I remember people gave, it's not just because I'm a ginger people, but uh, I will sit under that umbrella and drink a Corona and have the time of my life right there on the beach. And if I get a little hot, I might go put my toes in. Mm-hmm. That's as far as it goes. And they was like, man, get out here. We're having the ball in the ocean. I was like, brother, if I can't see, I ain't going. Ain't ha- but, but you're not going to catch me in the river either, though. I quit doing that, too. No, you're not going to catch me now, in the river. as a teenager, Mm-mm. as a young man, sure. No. But now that I know better, it's like one of those things. It's like, why would I put myself in that position? No. It just doesn't make sense. Do you walk into, like, if... That's okay. Not even your own home. You're at a friend's home, and maybe let's just say you're going. You have to go through a room to get to the bathroom. It's the equivalent of you just feeling around in the dark trying to find the door to the bathroom. In my opinion. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't you flip on the light switch, dummy? Yeah, it's an option. So why wouldn't you? Yeah, but that's what you're doing when you get in the ocean. Yeah, or the reservoir, or the river. Uh, I grew up going to the reservoir with my friends because we we didn't have, like, rivers like y'all do. We had the reservoir. And there was explicit instructions that I was to not be thrown in, like, abandoned via tubing, anything like that, where it would not... It would end very poorly and perhaps legally for everyone because I would black out and go crazy. It's not something I play around with. You had good friends, man. Like, when someone would put out a disclaimer like that, in my younger days, it was probably what was going to happen. The only thing I did that was really stupid was we would go down the Bogachetta tubing a lot. Oh, tell me a little bit about that. What are you talking about? Uh, so it's around Brandon? No, it's actually going towards Hattiesburg. It's the Bogachetta River. And we would decide these are in my before christ days um we would decide she's about to use a slur everyone i'm not using a slur we would load down go down there have all this alcohol that i'm not sure how we got still i don't know um load up these tubes with coolers and people and then we would just float down this river for like two and a half hours three hours and mind you this is at like 15 years old where were where were my parents where were any of our parents? Not around, that's for sure. So those, one, those were different days. Oh God, different times. And like, there was no parent on this trip for sure. This was all of us making the executive decision that this is what we're doing. So one of these times, I'm floating, and I get. And by the way, you probably lied about where you were. I don't even know that we did. I really don't think that we did. I can't tell you how many times my parents caught me or grandparents caught me like. In mid-lie. Like, oh, I'm supposed to be over at so-and-so's house just chilling, playing video games. Nah, we was out doing... We were out on a boat somewhere trying to... I'll give you my system in just a minute that I created that made me a legend. But uh, one one of these times, floating down the Bogachetta, my tube flipped. And I was just recently talking about this, honestly. Um, and my... I went under, and the current was really strong where we were at, and my bottoms got stuck on a stick. And the water's pulling me, but my and I can't go up because my bottoms are stuck on this stick. And so I'm having to make the executive decision underwater. I can either A, drown, B, try and get out of this somehow, or C, take off my bottoms and float the rest of the way down the river totally bare-bottomed. Mm-hmm. My friend is hovering atop the water as I'm drowning, 
with a beer and a cigarette just looking. I don't think either one got wet. Just watching this whole thing go down. Finally, my bottom's become dislodged. That is the closest to drowning I've ever come. And it was honestly the one of the most terrifying experiences of my life. Yeah, I mean, you you were... This is this is huge. Uh, you had the option of dying or public shame. Yes. And I just got Full lucky circle. enough to avoid both. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I got up and I was like, seriously? You didn't lose your cigarette or your beer? And I'm dying <laughs> down there? Oh, you were fine. <laughs> so, speaking of lying to your parents... Uh, God bless my parents. I think they did the best they could. But... Uh, my group of friends, I guess our parents were just, I don't know, either completely oblivious or just done by the time they had us. A lot of us are the youngest kids of multiples. And so I developed this system where I would take my cordless phone and I would put it in my mailbox and you would drive up and you would call your parents from my house and say, I'm at Lauren's house. We're here. We're here for the night. Put it back in the mailbox and leave. So this is before, you know, people had cell phones or Life360. So there would be sometimes 15, 20 people that would do this every night, come in to check in, <coughs> bless you, at my house. And this system kind of started. And we would all do that. Oh, I'm at so-and-so's. I'm at so-and-so's. And you're there for the night. And that's where you are. Perfect for that time would it not work It was wonderful. Today. Oh, no. God, my kids have life three. Oh, yeah. I, my kids stalk me. Like, my oldest kid is like, why are you at the nail salon right now? And I'm like, first of all, mind your business. Second of all, I pay for your school, and that's where you're at right now. So you need to be learning. Don't worry about why I'm getting my nails done right now. I'm bored in math. I was just wondering where you was at. Yeah, d do your work. That's yeah. not why I pay upwards of $500 for you to go to school. Like, do your, do your work. Yeah. If you and your friend pulled the trigger and decided whether it was by phone call, Zoom, or however y'all decided to do it, what would the podcast be about? We floated the idea of calling it, like, midwife crisis instead of midlife crisis. As good as that is, I don't think it exists. A midwife crisis? No, I'm talking about a podcast name that already. Oh, good. I think, like... When I started Porch Talk, there was only, like, me and one other guy. And now there's, like, 12 of them or something. I did see that today when I was there's looking it up. There's a lot. Yeah. But usually mine's the top dog. And there's, like, back porch and... Yeah. Yeah, front. They've had to yeah, add, like... like I want to have, like, a rivalry between them all. Oh, and, yeah. And just see, like, who comes out on top. I think there was, like, three middle-aged black guys that are, like, back porch. That one's actually a lot of fun. I listen to it sometimes. Really? I do enjoy that one. But they, the other ones are kind of garbage so this is uh the girl i would be doing it with her name is ashley she is uh one of my best friends my whole life i i have a tendency to uh pick people and be like you're my person and kind of adopt them especially if they are not allowed obnoxious person like i am and so i balance I picked her, and uh, she's ride or die. She knows everything about me. We are the same and the complete opposite at the same time. And it would be about motherhood, marriage, divorce, familial trauma. Like, just everything that, like, 
being in your mid thirties and trying to like survive this young kid working full time, but yet being everything you need to be to everybody that depends on you and failing miserably, but still getting by. I just think about it, man. I remember growing up and when I, when I thought about adults or when I looked at adults, like it, it seemed like at least when I was a kid, like they're so well put together, everything's figured out. Then you become an adult and you're like, and then maybe you get to know them and be like, you seem so well put together, but you're actually a, you're just a, a wrecking ball. Like when your parents become humans. Yeah. And you're like, now you look back, do you ever look back at some of the uh, behaviors your parents had or your grandparents had and you're like, oh, well, that was depression. Yeah. Yeah. Like mom wasn't sitting in her bedroom all night because she was tired. Mom went home and got in, got in her bed because she was severely depressed. Like, you look back and you think, I just didn't have the tools to know that at the no, time. I mean, you, you as a kid, I mean, everything, yeah. I mean, you're innocent and everything was just pure bliss. I think it's only taken me in the last few years to understand that my parents are humans and they did the best that they could with what they had. And was it traumatic? Absolutely. But... Do I know that they love me? Yes. And so working on that and forgiving them as people, I think, has really made things a lot easier for me as opposed to just saying, well, you should have done better. It's funny. Like, uh, I think about the father in Talladega Nights, Will Ferrell's father. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's talking about that. If you ain't first, you're last. He's mm-hmm. like, dude, I lived my whole life by that. And he's like... Hell, I was probably high when I said that. Yes. And I think about that sometimes when I was growing up, especially playing part ball. Mm-hmm. And as chill as my dad was, I was like, I've always wanted to ask him. I was like, were you stoned for that? Oh, yeah. I bet he was. Oh, yeah. Or you think about like the one teacher or the one criticism you got that stuck with you your whole life or made you insecure you about yeah. something. Yeah. Like I had an insecurity growing up after a friend's brother said something to me that shaped the way I viewed myself my entire life. Like, it's still an insecurity. And it was some just BS remark that he made, being a boy, like, just messing with me that probably he's never thought about again, but it affected how I saw myself Uh literally the rest of my life. It's wild. Yeah. Rocked your world. Yeah, how one thing someone says can be so impactful if it's already got a seed in your head and it sparks. Yep. Yeah, I don't relate to that. Uh, usually, I think uh, it's friends. And you kind of take it as a joke, but it's kind of weird when it comes out randomly by someone who really doesn't know you. And it's got a kernel of truth to it. Yeah, and that yeah, yeah that's that's like one of those weird things you look back on and you never forget and be like, why do I remember that? Yeah. Oh, it's cause it it it, it got in there. It got in there, baby. And it did some damage. <laughs> yeah. Emotional damage. Yeah. 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 I think a lot of our insecurities get sparked by something that maybe we thought about ourselves or worried about ourselves that it just took one person throwing a little gas on that fire 
and it blew up into something that stuck with us for ye- years or even forever. The only fight I got into as an adult, like early 20s, was something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if he had overheard, because he was a co-worker, mm-hmm. and we were hanging out outside of work. And I don't know if he had overheard, like, maybe a friend of mine kind of making that joke. But he was just out of nowhere made that joke about mm-hmm. that particular thing mm-hmm. about me. Mm-hmm. You're like, that's not your joke. Yep. Dude, I'm telling you, like, saw red, boom, it was on. Yeah, you don't know me like that. Yeah. Yeah, don't, don't, you and can say. The, the, the whole, I took it personally. Oh, yeah, you can say a lot of things about me. Just don't say something I already believe about myself. Mm-hmm. Because that's going to get under my skin. But not, I mean, I think it, I give maybe too much power to some people and not enough to the majority of people. So most people can't hurt me or make me mad, but the ones who can, Uh oh boy, oh boy. Because I'm not easy to love. I think I'm easy to fall in love with. I am not easy to stay in love with or be in love with (laughs) at all. I don't know how my poor husband has done it as long as he has. It's one of the things in this life that I don't deserve, just like my kids. I don't, I mean, I think I'm an okay person. I'm not a great person. I'm not a terrible person. But I've got just bookshelves of issues. And so, but I'm charismatic and I'm fun. And people are like, oh yeah, it's easy to love her. No, it is not. (laughs) No, it is not. And so I think that you, and another thing is you, you can't say anything worse to me than I've already said to myself. So, or done to myself. And so a lot of times if it's just somebody random Unless it's something that I really feel some type of way about, it's not going to bother me. I'm going to be like, okay. Yeah. But I'm very quick-witted, too, so I'm probably going to say something tears out your soul on accident because you took me to a level I didn't want to go to. That, that, I mean, when you made that comment on that live stream, like, immediately I was like, I like that person. <laughs> I was like, that was that was such a good cut. And uh, then, like, getting to know you, like, um, whether Porch Fest or out there uh, supporting Julia Ray's at the McGowan's, I was like, she's quick, it's funny, and it hurts. <laughs> <laughs> and see, I don't mean to. The funny thing about me is that nobody really understands or believes. I'm ridiculously remorseful and tenderhearted. Like, if I feel like I hurt your feelings. Yeah. It will haunt me. Like, well, first time we met in person, you apologized. Oh, God, yeah. Because I had been thinking about it ever no, I since it. I said it. Yeah. But that's the thing. Like, I'm too quick for my own good sometimes. I'll say, I'm like, oh, that's gold. That's funny. And then I'll say it and then immediately be like, if I hurt their feelings, I'm going to start crying. <laughs> and it's not for myself. Like, I don't cry about hardly anything myself. But if I feel like I hurt your feelings, oh, my God. Uh, oh, my God. One of my... Oh, yeah, one of my best friends in high school. She's still one of my best friends, but she married her high school sweetheart. Well, the first time that we met, we were in a class together in, like, ninth grade. And him and I went back and forth at each other. And then I made a your mama joke, and he was like, my mom's dead. I immediately started crying. He was lying. 
I've done that. So him much. and I have gone back and forth since then. But that like, that's and that, and the type. And I don't hold back. Oh God! But you know, like Is, yeah, exactly. So yeah, yeah. Go. I sneezed into his open mouth before. Two years after he did Somebody's it to me. Done that to me. It, but he did it to me first, and I said one day. I'm going to get you back, and there's nothing you can say or do about it. Two years later, I did it to him, and I was like, I told you. And he was like, to be fair, there's nothing I can say or do about it because I brought this on myself. And I did it to you during the COVID. (laughs) No, this was years ago. This was like college. But no, I'm very, I'm ridiculously tenderhearted. Mo and I have gotten into it before. And I'll tell you this. I hope you take it to your mother that you lied about. Oh, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Tell your mom. Um, Mo and I have gotten into it before at the studio about random debates or this or that but when i felt like i hurt his feelings recently by making a comment i was so backed up i was like i am so sorry like it it just destroyed me yeah it is i remember uh when i got wise to it and i know i'm not the inventor of it because i mean everybody has done it and i don't remember where i heard it from where it came from Someone made a joke about my mother, and I was like, well, dude, that's messed up. Mm-hmm. She's in the hospital. And he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. And I was like, she's visiting a friend. <laughs> and he's like, oh, you dick. <laughs> I was like, well, it's true. <laughs> that is funny. Or like, I always thought it would be funny if, like, your mom was a doctor or a nurse. Oh, yeah. It, she works there. Yeah, yeah. And be like, well, she is there. Yeah. She's in the hospital. It's kind of odd that you would say that about her. One of my favorite things on, like, TikTok is, like, dead dad jokes or, like, dead mom jokes. Like, the people who are, like, uh, celebrating their dad's, like, six-year uh, uh, sober anniversary. And then they'll pan it over to, like, his urn. And they're, like, good job, dad. Oh, and I'm, like, oh. That's dark. But you always laugh. You always laugh. You're, like, daggum. Or they'll go back and forth and they'll be, like, uh, these sisters I saw. They're, like, things that would give our dad a stroke. And they're reading them back and forth. And, the, and they'll look at the urn and be, like dad and it's it's just hilarious or mm. things that would send our dead dad into the grave tyler told this story on here i don't know if he's told it on man up but uh he was talking about when his dad passed mm-hmm. and trying to figure out like he was trying to get him buried mm-hmm. but he come from a poor family and at the time he couldn't afford to bury his father mm. reached out to his father's brothers sisters and even if they all came together and agreed to all put in the pot, they couldn't afford it. Then he started looking in the cremation. Mm-hmm. That was expensive, too. And then he was like, you know, well, I took him to the crematory. And he's like, you know, I always saw in the movies that you get a nice vase. No. What? Yeah, it's because they bought the vase. Yes. And he's like, dude, I took my dad home from the crematorium in a cardboard box. It was like a Ziploc, gallon-sized Ziploc of, like, grimy, kitty-litter-looking yeah. ash that they put in a shoebox, basically. Yeah. And they're like, here's Dad. Yeah. And you're like, what am I supposed to do with this? Yeah. Seriously, I know some people feel some type of way about it, but I think that, like most things, funerals, uh, headstones, all that is a business. It is to make money. Uh-huh. You could literally dump my dead body in a ditch in front of sunflower i don't care i'm gone like for those of you who don't know uh sunflower <laughs> is a grocery store sorry 
Yes, neighborhood market. Yeah, if you will. Um, I don't care. Put me in Somebody the Walmart was, parking one time lot. Like, Piggly Wiggly is that an Alabama thing? And I was like, I, yeah, for the most um, part, sir. That is a southeast yeah. thing. Mississippi yeah. has Louisiana. that too. Yeah, we are, like, we are all. They were like West Coast, you know. Yeah, and it's always funny, like. And I love it when people reach out, but like, hey, family show, da 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 da, and asking questions mm-hmm. about like where we're from. It's like, love the way you talk, da da da, this or that. And it's, y'all wear shoes down there? No. No, they were like a third world country. Literally, <laughs> we don't. <laughs> One of my favorite podcasts is these two British guys, and I love, I love British anything, but trying to decipher some of the things that they say, like. Uh, <coughs> One of the comments they'll constantly if, make to each other is raw. If their accent is heavy, it pisses me off to no end where I can't listen to it. This is not too heavy. But if they have like a, like, I have a particular British accent that I, I love. Gravitate and it, towards, it, and yeah. And it leads closer to like the Australian one. Yeah. And I don't know what part of England that is, but. I like dirty ones. You like the dirty? Yeah. Like, I like all of them, but I've got, like, to the point where during the pandemic and stuff, I watched like tons of british reality shows so i heard like the scouse dirty accents all the way up to like uh what is that show the downton abbey like very posh accents and everything so i like the uh, whole gambit i appreciate of it. you going for it right there you know i really screwed it up. it was kind of like you doing the uh, jamaican dracula i thought i was good with the jamaican you know, and now it, i go back and listen i was like he's kind of right it was a bit. It, I I wouldn't have been able to pinpoint it had he not said Dracula. He burnt my ass, but I did buy some. I did buy some makeup, mm-hmm. and I was. I am gonna come on that show as Dracula <laughs> one day. The disappointment on your face was so visceral. You were like, "Why did I not have that on for just this such occasion?" I, yeah, it's almost like a ruined joke. It's a ruined bit. We got to go back in the. You got to edit this out yeah. so we can redo it. Yeah. No, you should edit that out on that show. That's what I'm saying, yeah. yeah. Y'all take that down. Let's do it again. Uh, Mo, we gotta take that episode down. <laughs> no, Mo don't listen to the show. Yeah, y'all y'all do... F- I don't think Mo listens to anything, because he doesn't have time. Yeah, he's a busy guy. Y'all commit to some bits, though, I'm not gonna lie. Um, y'all were all, for some reason, dressed in full winter gear the other day. That was by accident. To the point where Wes's glasses kept fogging up, and I was like, "Just, dude, just take them off. Just take off the stuff that y'all are wearing. You looked like a lumberjack. Full disclosure, uh, I was tripping on acid. I do remember that, yes. Now I remember that. Yes, like, <laughs> I, I, And I think I disclosed it on the show, too. Yeah, you were like, you had just gotten back, I think. Yeah, I was coming back. Yes. And it felt good, like I was running cold. Yes. Like I was a, a little reptilian lizard. You were tickled. It was it was good times. It was good times. So I don't care if my work hears about that because you can't test for it because it's already gone. It's bye. It's done. Yeah. So anyway, hmm. well, confessions, porch talk. <laughs> oh, what else to do, Lauren? What? What else to do? What do you mean? What else to talk about? There's so many things. Yeah. Do you want to keep going or do you want to put a pin right there? It's up to you, boss. I'm good. Let's put a pin right there. Can you believe that was over an hour? Was it? Hour and 15 or so. Hmm. But that walking out of the door, uh, I hope you will be hearing more from Lauren, whether it's uh, midwife crisis yeah, or uh, back on here. I enjoyed it. Me too. It was a good time. Well, thank you, Lauren. We're out of here.
from the dead you see that I couldn't look away I don't know where I'm going to journey out of I'm living with no 
Cause I've got no fucking regrets No, I wouldn't hold your breath Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.